Hallelujah. And talk to the Lord shortly. Just tell the Lord that you live for Him alone. You live for Him. You live for Him alone. You have no life of your own. You don't want your life to be the same, so you want to tell the Lord that, Lord, even as I've stepped here, may my life never be the same. Never the same, never the same. Banda shake You want to encounter the change. The change that is encountered in his presence. Anytime we come into his presence, we are changed. We are changed. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it, we are changed. Lita Londo Lord, cause a change within me, a change by your spirit, a change by your word. Mandi Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word once again. Lord, we pray for a sound mind and a sound heart to receive your word. May we be quickened by your spirit. 
May we be elevated in the spirit. May our lives be changed. In the name of Jesus. May our lives be changed in the name of Jesus. May our lives be changed in the name of Jesus. Lives be changed in the name of Jesus. May our lives be changed in the name of Jesus. Only you can satisfy me, Lord. Only you can satisfy me, rejuvenated we are here to be stirred up we are here to be transformed we thank you for this great opportunity to experience the power of your word and the power of your spirit we are never the same we are never the same in the name of Jesus we pray amen give a hand offering to the Lord give a hand offering to the Lord And tell your neighbor that you are going to be so blessed this morning. Ask your neighbor, how well did you prepare? Did you stand up to just come for a service? You see, the, there is preparation for everything. But I've realized that. Amen. It looks like. I have to position myself well. I don't know. What Lord, help us. Amen. Do you just walk and find gold on the streets? Never. Even if there is unrefined gold, hardly before your eyes will pick up. 
uh, when it comes to spirituality, it looks like uh, that one is there are things which are unseen, so uh, we don't give it much attention. But things pertaining to our spirituality is gold. It's it's, it's precious life, and and when you if it's static metals, amen. If it's static metals, you realize that there's a whole. Amen. I think I have to use the two together. What is May the Lord change our story. When you study metals, you realize there's a whole lot of process that metals go through before they come out so refined as you see. You don't see silver just like silver. You can be seated. You don't see gold as gold. Gold is, is, is in the ground. Okay? I tell you, if you see gold, you not know that this is gold in its raw state. You will know. And even with those that practice galamsey, they do a lot of processing. They dig and they dig and they dig. Wash and wash and wash just to get small, small pieces of gold. But you can see the effort that goes into these things. So if you are someone that would want to experience a tremendous impact in your life, in your ministry, there must be preparation for it. It amazes me how we can prepare for any other thing, even food. You, you, you make sure that you prepare food. You don't just stand up and eat anything. How many of you would like to chew raw meat? No, you won't chew raw meat. You are not... You are not a lion or a carnivore. You see, almost everything that we do naturally is processed. And it takes a lot of preparation. How many of you like Willie? Willie in your okro. In your okro. Yeah, you like Willie. You like Kakaru. Anyway, Willie is hard. Yeah, and do you know what is done to it before it becomes soft? <laughs> it goes through a lot of processes. I've stayed in a place where they, they put this willy. So, you can see that it goes through a lot of heating. A lot of processing. And then finally, and buy. And then you also come and what? Cook and cook till it becomes the soft willing. I'm just telling you something. The word of God is strong meat. Hallelujah. There are certain stages that you will never get to if you do not process yourself very well to receive. You, you can still be at ordinary level. It's, it's, it's fine. But you can see that there are some people that have been in church 30 years of their lives. And there is no proof of the word of God in their life because there's no difference. And because of that, people even refuse to go to church because of their lives. Have you encountered people like that? It means that they go to church, 
they sit down, they listen to the sermon over and over again, and still no changes in their life. It means that when the minister of God speaks, what happens? It passes here, and then it comes out. It doesn't get processed. James warned us about this. Jesus warned us about this. It is the reason why you are not seeing how effective God's word is in your life. We say God's word is power. God's word is life. But why are you not seeing it the way it is described in God's word? James put it this way. He says that let us receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to transform our souls. In other words, it is able to reprogram your mind to become what it talks about. Already he has established the fact that of his own will begat he asked with the word of truth. That we should become a kind, say a kind. Hallelujah. God doesn't want you to be normal. His word is what made you. And essentially or substantially from the God perspective he sees his word in you. His word is at work in you because his word is his seed. His seed which he deposited into you. So he gave birth to you by what? His word. He said that being born again, not of what corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible life of God, which lives and abides forever. So the reason why you and I can boldly say that we have eternal life is because of the incorruptible word of life that was deposited into our spirit. That causes a, that caused a change of heart. That caused a great change in our spirit. So we are one that we should receive with meekness because there's the possibility to not receive God's word. And God's word is your nature. It's already inbuilt within you. So what does it mean for you to receive? To receive simply means let me become what it says I am. Or taking the word and making it my own. There is an ability in every man. You know there is the potential of a man. A man can walk. A man can work. A man can talk. The fact that he doesn't do any of these things doesn't mean that he is not a man. He is still a man, but just that he is not making use of the power of speech. He's not making use of his inward abilities. But anytime he's ready, he can just activate these things and it will work. You get it? So, I want you people to be a breed of believers that believe that what God has spoken. Receive whatever God has said. Make it your own and become what it says you are. Say that he that looks into the perfect law of liberty and all of a sudden forgets what manner of man he is. Such a man is not blessed. 
The one that is blessed or the one that experiences the blessings in the word is the one who does not forget what the word of God says about him. So forgetfulness is not good. How will you feel if you place something here and all of a sudden you've forgotten? That can be so frustrating. So most of us actually frustrate the new life that God has given to us. We are frustrating the life in us. No wonder Paul warned us that we shouldn't frustrate the grace of God. Grace has been made available. He said that we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So there is an abundance of life given unto the believer. And we have access to so many virtues, so many things that God has made available to us in his word. Say, I have access. I have access to this grace. Hallelujah. Say, I will not be a forgetful hearer of the word. Say, I am a doer of the word. So when you forget, you do not do. So there is, there is that linkage between hearing and doing. And some can also hear, but then they fail to also take the steps. You must not forget. This is what happens. It's like someone that is, has, been, has been left with so much inheritance in God. Or let's say, even naturally speaking. You have been left with so much inheritance. And you have no idea of what has been given to you. You have no idea. So if you have no idea, well, you'll be walking aimless. You'll be walking poor. Meanwhile, there's so much resources that your father has left for you. It is exactly what Jesus was trying to program our mind for. And last week, I was emphasizing on the fact that we are Adelphos. Say we are Adelphos with Jesus. Say that he is not ashamed to call us brethren. So Jesus is not ashamed to call you what? Mother. Hey, to call you sister. To call you uh, brother. You remember there came a time in his ministry. People came to him and then uh, they were saying that, oh, your mother is here. And Jesus started saying strange things. That don't, don't tell me this, that my mother is here, this and that and that and that. But the one who listens to me and finds himself in my will, he's my sister, he's my mother, he's my father, he's my what? Oh, so imagine the level that Christ places us when we begin to recognize that we are Adelphos. Adelphos means we are more than brothers. But for, 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 for the understanding of the closeness of it, we use the term brother or brethren. He's no longer ashamed to call us brethren. And I explained to you that the reason why we are called brethren is for us to understand that Jesus is the forerunner. He is our elder brother. And he has so much what? Access into the kingdom. Like in fact, everything has been given unto him. Scripture says that after he rose from the dead, we realize that the keys of hell and death, the keys of life were already there. Death and hell itself, he triumphed over. 
and he holds the keys you get it so jesus at the place of authority and we in him places us at that same place of authority so we look at jesus and how how he walks and we learn from his ways we look at jesus and how he talks and we begin to talk the same way no wonder when you become a believer there are some things there are a lot of changes which must take place within you you are no longer the person that you think you used to be it's only in your own delusion that you think you are the same god doesn't see you the same way so you are not the amen that we should know as amen you are not the israel that we should know as israel but the one i'm supposed to see in israel is the christ in him hallelujah so god is so much interested in our maturity he's so much interested in our growth he's so much interested in we looking like him experiencing him becoming more like him in all our ways you can because he says you you can god will not give you a task that he has not made provision for do you understand god will not give you a task that he has not made provision for and even if the task seems so impossible he has already made a provision for that he says that with man it is impossible but with god it, all things are what possible so it's possible but he makes us understand that it is god who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure already making us understand how we are his workmanship recreated in him called unto good works which he foreordained that we should walk in so god has a plan for you god's mind is on you god's thoughts are on you and he's always desiring that his children will be awakened to the new creation realities his children will be awakened to the things which has been done within them so imagine the massive impact that god god sees on the earth when he looks at each and every one god expects us to be at our highest points of manifestations if you manifest the way god would want you to manifest the world will not be the same so we have to graduate from the place of uh sitting in church for so many years and then know what no fruits no fruits nothing to show so over the years what were you learning it was just keeping you in oh i also go to church i attend this church my pastor is this and that and that no look into the eyes of anybody tell the person no it's not supposed to be like that you are supposed to grow in the word god has a big task for you and he has made provision for it do not fail your generation if everybody will fail i will not fail because god has made the necessary provision for me hallelujah Amen. and this is the purpose of, of 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 this move of god you get it we we we, we are tired of the church speaking about numbers and and not really seeing the fruits no a new breed of people must come up we'll go into the scriptures you see what i'm talking about a new breed of people already god has find 
the believers. He has defined you. Say that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you see through the scriptures in this light? Or how do you see it? Oh, I'm still the Kofi. I'm still the Jiraho. No. No. Your heart must yearn to see God at work in you. We desire you, Jesus. So I've been talking about the making of a true disciple for some time now. The making of a true disciple. Today, I, I want to elaborate shortly on some of the characteristics that uh, you find in a true disciple. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of the characteristics. First and foremost, one thing that characterizes a believer is that his heart belongs to the Lord. Say, my heart belongs to the Lord. My heart belongs to the Lord. I think last week I was saying something that some, some of you said that you sometimes take things into your own hands and you are not able to even control yourself. Then what happens? By the time I realize you've caused harm. Many people are in prison because they took things into their own hands. How many of you have seen this uh, program that they have been airing on the TV where they go to the prison and then you see people with without any negative intention, some of them innocent, some of them just a little mistake that they did, which was as a result of not controlling their hearts. And they themselves regret even, they know that they deserve where they are because, and they still even feel sorry for whatever they did because of what? Lack of self-control. You see, when you, when, when, when you are in him, you, you do not have anything called your heart. That's what I said. Like some of you say, oh, Trisha, Trisha. Like, what, what are you staring up in you? Like, what, what are you bringing upon yourself? Do you know the trouble you can bring upon yourself? Do you know why people, people are always on the run? Because they know that they've done what some evil and they are chasing them. The day Cain uh, slew his brother, what did he say? After, after, after he killed his brother and all that, and then God was trying to find out from him and all that. So after he said, oh, he's not his brother's keeper. And all, God knows what he has done. And he knows what he has done. Now fear came to him. That, hey, this thing that I've done. I need to be what? Be very, very careful. So he's always careful. Because he knows that people might be looking for him to also kill him. That's what happens when you... You try to take things into your own hands. When you come into God, your heart is for Jesus. Say, my heart is for Jesus. My heart is for Jesus. So you see, Jesus has always been Lord. He has always been Lord. Bible said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of the world, and they that brought therein. Everything belongs to God. It speaks about wealth, the cattle upon a thousand hills, the silver and the gold, says that it belongs what? To me. 
Hebrews makes us understand that the entire forces in nature, the entire cosmos, the rotation of the earth, and the revolution of the earth, the arrangement, the cosmos, the orderliness in creation. He says that all these are held by the power of God. That he being what? The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. He upholds all things by the word of his power. So God, whether you think it's yes or you think it no, God some way, somehow influences the course of things. You get it? Whether you have an idea or you don't have an idea, you think that you're, you're a carpenter that have made a chair. Are you the one in control of the forces of nature that is holding the church? that is holding the chairs you have no idea you think you've made your own creation but then you realize that there's a creator who is there you are just innovative enough to know how to apply a few forces here and there to join things which has already been done so God some way somehow is behind the scenes and he's holding all things in harmony so your heart, what you call your heart, is not your heart. What you call your heart is passed away. And it will be a great harm. You see, if it was good, if it was good, God wouldn't have come to change your heart. If it was good, you think God would come and change your heart? No. But because it needed what a change, God Himself would work on your heart. And He keeps on working on your heart so that you become more like Him. Because deep within your heart, He has placed His seed. And His seed is supposed to be nurtured properly, the right atmosphere. The right conditions as i'm teaching you you get to know the right conditions and all that so that what it will become a mighty tree of righteousness within you so that anyone that sees you now begins to see god that is god's intention for us so in christ we do not have our own heart your heart belongs to him this is the mystery of the garden the tree that God warned man not to touch it symbolized that which belongs only to God and if man should take hold of it it becomes what destructive unto him and I've made you understand that when you look at a geographical location of the tree it wasn't anywhere they were the, the geographical location of the tree it was in the midst of the garden and both the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil were all placed in the center of the garden so what possibly could be this tree so uh, figuratively you realize that it is not it is referring to that portion of your heart which should be handed over to God only. And when it's handed over to God completely, it becomes a tree of life. But when it's handed over to you, 
you want to take charge of it it becomes a tree of knowledge of good and evil no wonder evil things come out of the heart of man jesus said that sometimes you both think that uh what you what you do or what you do not do is what makes you clean or how you wash your hands uh to eat it please be washing your hands you have to wash your hands physically speaking but jesus was making a statement because they wanted to accuse his disciples that uh jesus your disciples do not wash their hands before they eat not that they didn't wash with water but they have a ceremonial way of washing you can liken it to let's say the ablution you know you don't just stand up to say you are going to pray the muslims have a way of of doing their thing so they do their ceremonial washings which we refer to as ablution and all that so they were accusing the people that they, they do not do what is expected of them so they are clean and she said no it's not about what they take in or whatever but then the evil desires of man the wickedness of man comes from deep within and and we, we already know from the old system that it is out of the same heart that flows out the issues of life you get it. so Jesus explained the mystery of, of, of the wickedness and, and and all the negative things that we see in humanity as coming from what their heart because before any sin or before any evil can happen it must or it should have been conceived in the heart so your heart is no longer yours your heart belongs to God and when it, you fully hand it over to God it becomes a tree of life but if you try to hand it, hand it over to yourself and handle things on your own sometimes you uh, you, you'll be fine sometimes the other side will come out of it which is evil so when it comes to spiritual maturity he said that spiritual maturity can be likened to people that feed on strong meat and they're feeding on strong meat they have their mental faculties trained and influenced by the word of God and that sharpens their discernment you get it he said that strong meat belongs to them that are what fully matured who have what their mental faculties trained to discern what both good and evil or to discriminate or distinguish between that which is morally good and noble and that which is contrary to divine or human law that is the amplified version do you get it so it takes a man of maturity to really walk in in life or else you have so much life within you and yet you cannot work really walk in life why because a portion of your heart still doesn't belong to god god wants your entire heart so the lordship of jesus has always been there his lord you have been singing the song he's risen from the dead he's lord every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that jesus is, is lord to the glory of the father you sing all these things all the time he has always been lord hallelujah so let him take his place when you look at some of the visions you see that the 24 elders even the young gentleman that was singing what casting what crowns lifting hands bowing what so submission to the will of god So one of the things that characterizes a true disciple is we understanding the place of Jesus 
in our hearts and then giving him his place of lordship because he has always been lord you are not now making him lord of your life no he's he has always been lord but now you recognizing the truth and beginning to walk in its reality it makes it real within you you see it's just like explanation of faith some of us think that faith is an external force that uh that you get from elsewhere so you're trying everything to just make your make your faith work it's fine but it is not like that faith is from within you get it faith is from within and faith faith is simply seeing jesus so you realize that we say that faith a man has come to faith or a man has faith when he is awakened to what god has already done within him so it says that we are saved by faith through grace not of works lest any man should what boast but it is the gift of god do you get it so faith itself is something which is given to you and and faith is a realization of the fact that uh, grace is at work do you get it and faith itself the mechanism of its operation is the way of love Praise God. So your heart must belong to God. So one of the marks of a true disciple is that they have their hearts submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. Amen. How many of you have your hearts given to the Lord? And how many of you would want your hearts to be given to the Lord? Fully. 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 God help you all. God help us all. Amen. Because if you want it fully, you see, <laughs> last week I gave you a scenario that the reason why God can use certain men in strange ways is because they've learned to give their hearts fully to God. How can a man be preaching and all of a sudden he feels like, let me run and follow this chariot. If a chariot is moving, even at its medium speed or even slow speed, you still cannot, you are a man, you, you, you'll be tired. But then a man will run along and then see because he has been directed by God that follow this chariot because it is one of the ways by which what uh, the gospel will reach the ends of the world. So here comes the man, Philip. And then he followed the chariot. And then when he got there, he realized that God was communicating to the Ethiopian eunuch. What was he doing? He was reading the book of Isaiah. He doesn't even understand. Yes, he was reading the prophecies of, of, of Jesus and he was wondering, this thing has it happened or it has not happened. So now, Philip was so submitted to the will of God that when God spoke, he didn't say that could, could, could this be God speaking? Or it is just my mind telling me that uh, go to this office or go and meet this official already. Because the person is, in, is a high official, you might be feeling some way that, oh, maybe you are not in a good position. You might be a fisherman. You might be uh, somewhere that is not really high ranking like that official. So you are even afraid to move closer. No, no. He listened to the word of God and followed the chariot. And I believe that God gave him strength. You see, there he started breaking down the scriptures to him. Then the man all of a sudden asked 
this is water. What prevents me from getting water? Baptized. He believed. Like, and do you know what that thing could cost? Or what that thing cost? Imagine a higher ranking official getting hold of the truth and believing that. That means that man would take the gospel to wherever he's going. No wonder it was the desire of the apostle Paul to reach certain high ranking officials by any means. And to the point that in his conversations, they wanted to even insult Paul that too much learning is making you think some way, but you nearly convinced me. It means that the mysteries that Paul was unveiling, it got to the heart of such high ranking officials. And if, if these people should believe, you can imagine how it will be passed on to their entire, entire, their entire kingdom. When he checked into history, he realized that certain men and the kind of religion that they believed in, because of their positions, that religion has been passed on onto whoever their subjects were. So, praying for people in high positions, praying for people in in such places of authority and ministering to them is also so needful. And in ministering to such people, sometimes you need to be wise or else you run away when they begin to chase and attack you. But then the man Philip was so dedicated to the move of God that immediately after he finished his work and all that, Bible says that the Spirit of God took him. How many of you be willing to hand over your body to God to the point that God will just take your body like that? It means that his body wasn't his body. He doesn't just stand and say, oh, I'm walking. So I'm going. No. God himself took his body. This is what we mean by our bodies being the temple of the Holy Ghost. The deep meaning of it is that you do not have anyone right to your body. Your, your, your body is, is a conveyor of the presence of God. So what God wants to do at any particular point in time, God uses the body available. Even Jesus, a body had to be made for him. Do you understand? So Jesus needed a body and the Spirit of God had to overshadow them, the mother of Jesus by the power of the Most High. So the container was made for the Spirit of God to inhabit so that he could accomplish his work. As long as we find ourselves on earth, our bodies are so needful for kingdom expansion. So you, as a believer, you need to take very good care of your body. You have to take very good care of your body because God needs your body. God, God inhabits you. His spirit indwells you. And he uses your body to accomplish his will on the earth. And that is what Jesus came to do. Jesus realized that, yes, it is true that there is a limitation of this body. And his spirit cannot just be in his body. But then he realized that the impact could be massive if his spirit, which is unlimited, can be deposited into many bodies. So he said, it is expedient that I go. It is needful that I go. Because if he's, he, he doesn't go now, his spirit will not be poured upon all flesh. God, Jesus started a move. And we know that the move revolutionized the entire cosmos. It caused a great change. And it's still ongoing. 
But then the massive impact of the move will be realized when you and I take our place as bodies of God. Don't you know that the Spirit of God abides in you? The Spirit of God dwells in you. So there's a certain level of spiritual authority that we can walk in when we yield to the Spirit of God. To the point that now God begins to take our body and uses it for His will. And He said, all of a sudden, a wind carried Him. The Spirit of God just carried Him. And He was found at another place. Azotus. Praise God. Are you here with me? Say, my heart belongs to God. Say, my body belongs to God. Hallelujah. And I think that characterizes the life of the believer or the disciple, the true disciple is the leadership of the Spirit of God. So first and foremost, your heart belongs to God, recognizing the Lordship of Jesus. And now, we know that when Jesus was here, as I've explained earlier, he gave unto us his spirit. He gave unto us his spirit. And his spirit was to what? Guide us. He, his spirit was to lead us into what God has called us for. Anytime you find yourself so troubled, anytime you find yourself so directionless, as a child of God, you are not supposed to be directionless. He said, His word is a light onto my path and it's a lamp onto my feet in other words in places where it seems so dark god's word makes it so clear for me have you realized that many evil things are done in the night why because there is light and many evil things happen to people usually in the night because in broad daylight hardly before anybody will, will come out and do evil because they are, they, the sunlight will expose their evil deeds. So usually wickedness. Even Jesus gave a problem concerning it. The one who went to plant the tears, the evil one. It was done in the night. Somebody, you need to be awake in the night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because people are awake in the night. People have disciplined themselves. And they know that at 12, I have to come out of my body. And then, I'll return at 4. People have disciplined themselves that they are using all forms of sorcery and broomsticks. You watch those cartoons. They're exposing certain things to you. It's not fiction. So, if evil men can even master some of these things. Anyway, so his spirit is supposed to lead us into all truth. His spirit becomes what? Our guide. And, 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 and he becomes the spirit of light to us. And he orders our steps and directs us and he brings unto us insight, fresh revelation of his word. The word we need for the moment at each point in time. You know sometimes you get confused 
that oh i'm not hearing the voice of god concerning this matter don't be so confused about it what you have to do sometimes you know you have been praying you're praying that oh god let me hear your voice or let me see a vision or let me have a dream or send me someone a prophetic word lord tell me something let me write something and nothing is coming how many of you have been in that state before the thing is that as a man of the spirit what you need to know is that you are one with the spirit of god do you get it and and one of the things that god gave unto us is uh, communion fellowship with the holy spirit and when you do that bible said that he does speak on new tongues speak it unto men but speak it unto god directly how be it in the spirit he speak about mysteries 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 there are things which are hidden concerning our life's purpose things which are not ordinary to the eyes of my mysteries is what is the word of god like it's truth you get it and it now becomes a revelation because our eyes have been opened to wait so as a man of the spirit when you recognize the place of jesus in your life when you recognize the place of the holy spirit and you begin to engage him in communion even in moments where you do not seem to have any prophetic direction you do not seem to have any form of vision any dream to like what you know is that you have him in you says that the spirit of god bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of god we are the sons of god how many of you believe this that the spirit of god bears witness with your spirit that you are the children of god what makes you believe that you are a child of god hallelujah and and why do you think you are believing what you believe if we want to go into the details of it you might not be able to answer some of the questions but some way somehow you know and you believe that you are a child of god without even what seeing the spirit of god without encountering the spirit of god in a spectacular way so that same level of conviction you have within you that you are a child of god and you know that there is this agreement there is that peace in your spirit with god the same way sometimes god guides us so you do not need to hear any strange thing but then committing your ways to god and submitting to the leadership of the spirit you know that he orders your steps do you understand so god orders your steps so you commit this to god and you begin to take what the bold steps bold steps bold steps it's so unfortunate that sometimes in trying to look for any external imagery pictures uh visions and all that it it delays the move of god because you have tried to uh encapsulate god in 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 your way or understanding of communication you get it but we need to know that god has his way of communicating and he leads us by his spirit and he being a shepherd in his heart he guides us on the right path he leads us by the still waters he restores our soul so trusting god as your shepherd and leaving everything into his hands knowing that your heart belongs to him will take us to that place of purpose or accomplishment of the divine mandate even when we seem not to have what clear visions you don't need clear visions you get it what you need is god's word and god's spirit and that peace in your spirit there are other communications there are communications of the spirit as well because jesus said uh, it is written in the scriptures joel spoke about it he said in the last days our power spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall what prophesy he said your your, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams 
and it speaks about the spirit of God even coming upon people considered as what servants and maids and all that it means that none is exempted from the move of God God will surely communicate have his way on on everyone on all flesh on all flesh so dreams visions prophecies is an aspect of the communication of the spirit but then he leads us by his spirit within us as well so don't get confused in life always look inward for answers because every provision that is necessary for your pro for your progress in life god has made it available in his word say god's provision is available for me Say his provision is made available in his word. Say I recognize my place in him. And he in me. Say I take my place. The light of God is my guide. The word of God is my direction. The spirit of God is my guide hallelujah so never get confused when it comes to matters like this hallelujah so now i've established the fact your heart must be to god your heart must belong to god because of the lordship of jesus and i've established the necessity of the holy spirit in our lives if you want to have a very beautiful ministry the one that god has given to us is his sweet spirit it's the sweet spirit of god and the Spirit of God is so much alive to our spirit, what air is to our bodies. And if you want to see how serious it is, I've made you do this before. Hold your breath for one minute and see. So you can realize that spiritually speaking, a lot of people are in coma. Some people are just slumbering. Others, others are dead, crap. That means they, 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 need, they need a quickening. They need a deposit. They need a quickening of the Spirit of God. But glory be to God. It says that if the Spirit of Him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it says that that same Spirit shall quicken. It shall give life to this body which can be subjected to death. Do you understand? Yes. Say, the Spirit of God is at work in me. The Spirit of God is at work in me. I am quickened. I slumber not. He said, wake up. You that you are sleeping. You that you are slumbering. And Christ will give you what? Light. You see, in this world of darkness, you as the child of God, you must be that bright and the shining light. You must be that bright and the shining light. The source of hope. To your world you cannot be named or numbered amongst those that are aimless without any direction in life no so when it happens like that you know, as a child of god you are you are very spiritually sensitive you are thinking about what is the next move of god what is the next step you do not just want to do anything on your own because you know that your life is not your own to him only you belong Say Christ will bring you light. Then he begins to speak about wisdom. A 
patience to the fire. He said, be not unwise. Don't be unwise or be not what foolish. But what understanding what the will of the Lord is. So in other words, if you want to see the signs of foolishness, signs of foolishness is actually being unwise, which is not taking the will of God into consideration. So now you see, if you see people saying anything anyhow and trying to take God out of the picture, already you have been described in the Old Testament as a fool. And then it has been emphasized in the New Testament that you are unwise because you are not considering or you are not mindful of what the will of the Lord is. And in your mind, you might be thinking that you are using uh, 10 steps to become rich, 10 steps to do this, uh, how to become effective in your work and all that. It's beautiful. There are things which will guide you. There's the place of discipline for all those things and how it helps in your in your spiritual progression, in your physical progression, in your career progression, even in your, in your education and every aspect of your life. But the will of God must be the reason why you live. So be not unwise. Don't do not be foolish. But understand what the will of the Lord is. So look at the times and the seasons. Understand the times and the seasons. It's a make good use of the opportunity. It amazes me how when God said that we should make good use of the time, you know, time is a gift to us. Time, everybody thinks that time is normal and all that. That that is fine. But time is 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 a blessing to us. And the thing is that you must use the time you have to fulfill God's mandate upon your life. You must use the time you have. So many people are doing other things apart from the will of God. And this is not wisdom from the throne room perspective. When God looks down, what are these people doing? It's like, so scripture talks about how when God looks down, he sees what sheep that are scattered. And he needs to bring shepherds with good hearts to come and feed the flock. So God has brought me to you to make you wise. God has brought me to you to bring your mind to do, to these things. That the days are evil. The days are numbered. And we must make good use of every opportunity, every second, every moment. Because time, even though it's a gift, it is so precious and it's so short. And the time available to us, God has designed such that it matches with the strengths of our life. So, your youthful days, they are more energetic. And when you train yourself in your youthful days, even in the days, or in the days when the so-called evil days or the days of weaknesses approach, because of the trainings you have received in your youthful years, because of the position of the creator in your life, you still have enough strength to fulfill your mission, even at old age. But these are the times you are young and energetic. Your life must be fully handed over to the Lordship of God. The Spirit of God brings you light in this. You need fellowship. 
You need fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So make time, my people, and then commune with God. I believe it will set you on the course of success. I mean, true success. You know, Joshua, uh, when you read, speaks about how this book of the law should not depart from our mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night. It means that, you know, I don't know, let me ask you, originally, uh, access yourself right now, that what is, is it that you think of the whole day? What is it that you usually think of the whole day? I know some people think of their wife the whole day. Others think of their bosses. Others think of how they will be successful. Sometimes a mixture of all sorts of things. But ask yourself right now, what is it that dominates your thinking? What dominates your thinking shows how you move. It shows how you, you, you move in this world. So let a God mentality dominate you. You see, there are some things that happen to people that have their minds dominated by the presence of God. God begins to reveal himself to you. So you see that if you are in Christ or when you begin to grow, you realize that your, your desire actually changes. And with time, you realize that ah, you are becoming so different from the masses. And then with time, sometimes you begin to see certain things in your dreams and your visions. Sometimes God even sends men to give you a word or two. And this is not common amongst many. It's not common. It's not a common experience. It means that your heart is being worked on gradually by the Spirit of God. That's why you can have dreams that you saw a minister of God ministering to you. Or you, you saw yourself moving in the miraculous. Or you saw God using you to teach people the Word of God. Or you saw God using you to actually break chains and open chains, deliver people from darkness and all that. God has a way of influencing your life when you have your entire life dominated by Him. Let God dominate your entire being. It will change. You begin to see that, ah, so God has these plans for me. So God has these great plans for God wants me to what? Be a great minister. God wants me to uh, be a healing minister. God wants me to do this and that. These things are real. And you begin to see them as you allow yourself to be mentored by the Spirit of God. Say, I'll be mentored. Say, I submit myself to the mentorship of the Spirit. Hallelujah. There are so many characteristics. Let me see my time. It's almost time. Hallelujah. Another characteristic is that God has spoken of the signs that follow them that believe. So, in the life of Jesus and his friendship or, or in his ministry with his disciples, what was happening? Whatever he told them to do, when they went out to do, what happened? They saw results. They saw results. You remember Jesus encounter with the fishermen. They said, Master, we have told all thee 
and we are experts at fishing. We've learned oceanography. We've learned what fisheries. We've learned what like we, we we've learned this marine science. So you Jesus, you your field is wood engineering. You see, Jesus did wood engineering. <laughs> you are a carpenter. We are what marine engineers like. We are experts at fishing. We, we know. We can tell that things are not and more what we've taught. We've taught more Anyway, at your word. Then Jesus had cast your net to this side. At the word of Jesus. You see, they were so frustrated. You know, someone who said that with his background, with, with his degree and, and, and PhD in fishing. Look, we will not follow. It will be another word, effort, uh, wasteful efforts. But I said, whatever it is. So they were so down. But then at the word of Jesus, they caught so much to the point that what they caught was, was nearly drowning the ship or drowning their boat. And they needed help. That shows that Jesus is the master engineer of every field. Every field. How can Jesus say that? Okay. Okay, this we need to pay this to the officials. Okay. Do we have money in our treasury? Okay, no money. Okay. So go to the sea. The first fish you catch, open the mouth, you'll find a coin there. And then bring it. Hey. This cannot be probability. Like if, if it's probability, that'll be one in a million. So the possibility of it happening is not is not this is purely supernatural. And because they they listened to the voice of the master, they said, You need to listen. You need to listen. And they listened to the voice of the master. And whatever the master said, it came. Oh, yeah. Some of you, when you are told to do something, oh, I, don't do, I don't want to do You say you will do, but then in your, your actions later shows that you never really want to do. Do you get it? And, and, and that is... That is a form of disobedience. But when you look at the life of the disciples, it, it, whether they are shy or not shy, when Jesus said that go in pairs, this people never hesitated. They decided to go according to the word, the direction of the master. And what was the response? Scripture says that they came back so, 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 so surprised with so much testimonies. Master, the demons listened to us. The people we prayed for, they were healed at the mention of your name. In your name, we cast out devils and all that. So much miraculous happenings. And that is just listening to the voice of the master. This is serious. So you see why Jesus said he's taking fishes of fishes to transform them into fishes of men. Because he knows what he has placed in man. He knows what he has placed in you. So when he's requiring a certain level of responsibility from you, it is because he knows what he has deposited in you. So if God says, come and follow me, 
come and do my work. There is a reason for it. Say, I surrender, Jesus. Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. Use me for the expansion of the kingdom. Hallelujah. This is amazing. And, and you see, when God uses you for such good and mighty things, you know what happens? There is a fulfillment. There is this inner joy that springs up from deep within your heart. Because you know that some way, somehow, you are fulfilling your assignment here on earth. And that was the joy of the return of the disciples after they were sent out. This is amazing. Who wouldn't be so happy when you see the Lord using you mightily? When you read Mark 16, that's the scripture for today. These signs shall follow them that believe. We'll read that before we close. Say so that these signs will follow them that believe. Okay, let me talk about fellowship and obedience that we are done. So the next point is fellowship. Fellowship, fellowship coming two ways. Fellowship with the Spirit of God and then fellowship with the brethren. This one I'm emphasizing on the fellowship of the brethren. The fellowship of the brethren is so much needful. Have you realized that no man can learn in isolation and become what you want to become? It is the reason why we have schools. You know, you can be so intelligent and, and you, can com you can commit a lot of things, books, into your mind. You can commit so many things into your mind, but practically speaking, you do not have the skill. It's the reason why there are so many quacks in the system. There are some people, they are, so very, they are, they are, they are more intelligent than the ordinary doctor. Because they blend, they can tell you so many things that you have forgotten. They are very, very good. But practically speaking, uh, they do not have the experience because they were not trained practically. So in, uh, in the organizations in the world, you see that even at a workplace, you are trained. You are trained, you are mentored, or you get a trainer, you become the trainee. And after that, your certificate of competence is signed that you can fully handle this procedure or do this and then you can also now begin to train if they have not been trained how will you train you see so god has given us the blessing of fellowship with the brethren and there are so many blessings which comes with the fellowship of the brethren one is how iron will sharpen iron this is as a result of the power of association you realize that the number of friends that you walk with it has been said and it has been calculated that you are you are the average of your five friends that you work with and to some extent you can say that it's true bible talks about how evil company corrupts good manners you get it and if you if you find yourself in an evil company by the time you realize you're also what doing exactly what they do if you find yourself in a good company even if you are you are negative minded you are evil minded by the time I realize you are changing and then becoming more positive. So the company that God has given to us 
is, 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 is the blessing of the fellowship of the brethren. So it is written in Hebrews that we should forsake not the gathering of ourselves as the manner of some. Some people think that, oh, they can be independent of themselves. But God knows the reason why you need to be what? God knows the reason why you need to be in the company of believers because it will sharpen you. It will sharpen you in terms of your gifts. It will sharpen you in terms of the corporate anointing present. You see, uh, time will fill me to talk about worship and all that. But then you realize that usually when the gathering of the saints is there like that and we pray together, we worship together, there's usually a shaking and literal manifestation of the presence of God. And when that happens, all of us partake of its blessedness. Have you realized that? So if God is moving, for instance, the, the disciples after they were king and beaten and all that, they went back to their what? Company. They went back to their group. And then they were emboldened. And they prayed, they said, Lord, they are accusing us for preaching in your name. They are saying we should stop preaching in your name and all that. Lord, as we are praying, may we be filled. Let there be a move of your spirit as we go to preach. Uh, Lord, stretch out your hands and touch the people. So, they pray this and after the Bible says that the place was literally shaking, you think it's a natural earthquake? No. It was as the first. What happened? It said, the sound of a mighty rushing wind a filled the entire place where they were seated. Which is what? Physical, literal manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Something that they cannot deny. They know that God has moved. So sometimes you find yourself in the garden saying there are impartations. There is iron sharpening iron. There is, there, is, there is mutual sharing and partaking in the gifts of one another. Your gifts become a blessing to me. My gift become a blessing to you. Sometimes there is mutual impartations of the gifts. Do you get it? Some one thing we said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious ointment or the precious oil. The oil that Aaron prepared, so fragrant and so, so, such that there's no type of it in all the world. He said, "What? It is like a thick ointment. Like it doesn't, it doesn't stop. You see how oil is. When you, when I touch my hands with oil, I touch you, I touch you, I touch you. I smear oil on them. Anointing means to smear. So now this oil or this ointment." which is as a result of the gathering of the saints. See that is so strong like the oil that runs from Aaron's head. It's not just the literal oil. We are talking about the presence of God. And it flows into his garments. One day we'll take a look at the garments of Aaron. And it goes down. It says that the blessing that can be found from the rains of Mount Zion and the dew upon lofty Mount Hermon. He says that it is the same experience of the believers in that gathering. He says that for there, the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. So there's a blessing that is associated with the gathering of the saints. And, and it will be to your benefit not to exempt yourself from such gatherings. Because the more you exempt yourself, what is happening? You begin to die slowly. People think that I can independent. There's the place of independence and fellowship, which is in your waiting. But even that waiting, the fellowship is with God. Do you get it? But immediately after you finish, you still come back what? To the brethren. So God, you, you and your fellowship with God has its place. 
but then your fellowship with the brethren is a necessity it is so needful for your growth it is so needful for your maturity you should never never take yourself out of it so if someone said that oh we are going to church too much tell the person this is my life I need this it's like it's like the air I breathe you want me to come out of it then the fire goes down then I become cold you know when you have a, a firewood and then you take firewood gathered together and there's fire inside and you take one and separate it I tell you like the one that you have separated is gone off why because now the coldness of the environment begins to what attach itself to the separated wood and the battery the wood has become ordinary wood whilst its brothers are still burning with fire so do not lose the fire one of the ways to keep the fire is the presence of the brethren it pushes you a lot there are moments where you feel like you can't pray but then the presence of the brethren empowers you to pray the presence of the brethren wakes you up brother it's time to pray Remember, there, there have been many days that I used to call people, I used to wake up people. So when it's fall, I call them back on Lagos campus. I call all of them, they will begin to pray. You see the thing? Begin to pray. But, and I know as if I don't call them, they will sleep. But then because of the brethren, because of the brother. Yeah. Because of the brother, we are able to what? To pray together. So never take yourself out from the midst of the brethren and then always always do well to connect 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 to the brethren it is needful that you check up on one another aside we even gathering together as one and checking up on on ourselves it is needful it is so needful tell your neighbor it is needful maintain the fire Keep the fellowship of the brethren. Hallelujah. Let me finally speak about uh, obedience and then we are done. So obedience is also one of the characteristics of, of true believers. You realize that when Jesus spoke to them, they did exactly what Jesus said. When Paul spoke to his disciples or the people that are learning of him, they did exactly what he told them to do. And Paul said, follow me even as I follow Christ. And they all followed and they were turned into what? Apostles, pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, and all that. There is something that obedience will do to you. First of all, we know that it will take you away from harm. Obedience, naturally to the believer, is not anything that we strive for. Do you get it? Obedience from the onset is within us. Do you get a point? Why? Bible calls us children of obedience. Do you understand? As obedient children, do not fashion yourself like the world, but fashion yourself like what? How Christ will what? Will communicate, how Christ will talk. Let your communication be seasoned with grace, not any nasty communication. So lay aside all what filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. 
And one thing we know is that anytime we disobey, it is not our nature. Disobedience is not our nature. Because there's actually a ruler of the children of our disobedience. And the ruler of the children of disobedience is known as the prince of the power of the air. Yeah. So when you do not submit yourself to the will of God and you don't listen to instructions and all that, you are walking in a way and manner that is opposite to your true identity. Because you are no longer a child of disobedience. You are no longer under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. You are now under the influence of Christ. You have been called out from amongst men. You see? So, obedience will do us a lot of great service. And as a true disciple, amen, we need to what? Exhibit these characteristics of obedience. Obedience to the leadership. Obedience to your shepherds. Obedience to parents. Obedience is very, very necessary. Say, I'm a child of obedience. I'm a child of God. Say, my mind is the mind of Christ. Say, I'm obedient. I'm obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my word commandments obey my commandments and what is this commandment is not any new commandment but the same old commandment that he has given if you receive the son of god you have life obey the spirit of god obey them that have the rule over you obey say I'm obedient I'm an obedient child I'm an obedient child should I continue on this week okay. we thank God so what have I said let me summarize so I said your heart number one characteristics of a true disciple we are still continuing on our series. Making of a true disciple. So the characters of a true disciple, we say that his heart, his heart belongs to God because it is submitted to the Lordship of Jesus. And then two, he engages or entertains the presence of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us as our, as our guidance Then, the word of God is life and light to us. The word of God is life and light to us. So we, standing on God's word, is one of the characteristics. Then, fellowship. Fellowship with God. And more importantly, fellowship with the brethren. Because iron sharpened word iron and then there is mutual impartations of each other's grace upon each and one everyone and then just as firewood we are what kept ablaze 
for the kingdom especially when we are together be your brother's keeper and then never neglect the gathering of the saints as the manner of some is always when there is the opportunity to fellowship you must find yourself there because what there is a blessing that comes with the fellowship of the saints that was likened to the dew upon lofty Mount Hermon and the rains that descends upon the mountains of Zion there is a blessing and the impartation of anointings and eternal life it says there for there the Lord commanded his blessings even life forevermore and then obedience obedience as obedient children you are no longer children of disobedience you are no longer the prince of the power of the air which worketh in the children of disobedience but you are a child of obedience made in the image of God to think like God to walk like God to talk like God and to do everything like God this is what I can share with you for this short moment allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in all things and I believe that you'll be fulfilled in this life and you'll be fulfilled in this world you will enjoy your stay on earth don't waste your resources and your time chasing things which has no life our life is hidden in him and it's a pleasure for us to find our lives in him and he in us Next week we'll add more, maybe six more or seven more. Let's be upstanding. And let's thank God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you. Thank God for his word. We thank you for your word. Oh,